I love Mondays. And yes, I'm being 100% serious. Why? It's because I'm a Dunkin' Rewards member. And Mondays are better with Dunkin' Rewards. Every Monday this month, Rewards members get a free medium hot or iced coffee with any purchase. Not a member? Join on the Dunkin' app and never miss a deal like this. Dunkin' Rewards. Save them, stack them, use them how you want. America runs on Dunkin'. Limit one per member per Monday. Additional charges and terms may apply. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit. Talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. I'm Dave Bryan from SteedersDepot.com and Alex Kazora obviously isn't with me today. He is in Mobile, Alabama with three other members, uh, contributors from the site, obviously covering the 2023 Senior Bowl. Uh, today is Wednesday when you're listening to this. I'm actually recording this Tuesday night. Uh, no guest on uh, today. I originally had Joel Corey uh, from, you know, former agent uh, who currently writes and does contributions for CBS Sports. I had him lined up initially on this Wednesday. Was going to talk about, you know, some contracts uh, like Alex Highsmith and Cameron Sutton and some estimated uh, values for those guys and maybe, you know, what some loose contract structures would be on those two guys. But, uh, uh, that fell through Joel Corey had another commitment he had to take care of. And instead of just trying to go out there and just find anybody to bring on the podcast, I figured, you know, why not just try to fly solo? And in fact, I figured this would be a perfect opportunity to talk about the Steelers 2023 salary cap situation and, kind of break it down into, you know, a little bit edible portions and try to explain some things that, you know, we'll have some segments on, on obviously during regular episodes of the podcast where I get into, you know, talking a little bit about the cap, but you know, we never have really devoted kind of a full show to it. And, and especially this time of year with the start of the new league year, I don't know, what are we about, uh, about 45 days away, roughly. That's obviously on March 15th, but I think we've got a good enough handle right now at this portion of the off season, you know, to go over what the, where they are now, what the outlook is, and just kind of explain, you know, some things line item and, and maybe hopefully, uh, add some clarity to, 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 you know, a lot of you out there, uh, who might have some questions about it. So that's what the, this, you know, today's podcast is going to be about. If you don't like the salary gap, you don't like numbers or, or you're just not interested in it, you know, hit the stop button right now, because that, that's all I'm going to do is talk about the salary cap, uh, in this episode here. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, let's start, you know, I, I, I think I should probably go over, you know, my fascination with the salary cap and kind of what that stems from. I, I've always kind of been attracted to, to, to numbers and by numbers, I don't mean algebra or geometry or any of that stuff. That stuff that lost me when I got into high school and I, I just really had nothing to do with that. But, uh, you know, growing up, I always was that kid that would read the 
read the sports pages and try to figure out the batting averages and, you know, look at the football box scores and, you know, on into my, you know, later years of life, you know, just I've been kind of a football stats kind of nerd, if you will. I'm really fascinated with the advanced analytics that are growing almost daily and all. Uh, And, you know, when it comes to the salary cap, you know, over the years, it's just been so hard to find great information on it and uh, correct information. And, you know, nowadays, obviously, you got sites, great sites like Over the Cap and all like that. But, uh, you know, back, you know, before they really became prominent, you know, to find out answers and, and how this, how the cap works, you really had to learn it yourself. And I just, I just kind of dedicated myself to that process starting a number of years ago. And, uh, man, it's, 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 it's a development, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of learning, a lot of, a lot of making mistakes and, and thinking things work one way and finding out they don't and reading the CBA and, you know, you just pick up things, you know, as you go along the way. Uh, and that that's really how I've learned this. I, I used to, back when USA Today would put in, uh, you know, like players' salaries in the papers or, or you know, on, on the older versions online, I would always try to back reverse engineer what those contracts look like. And some you could figure out and some you couldn't. And... You know, just over a process of time, and and look, I mean, nowadays you've got all these agents out there that'll leak this information, and you know, thankful to have uh, really a kind of a mentor in Joel Corey who you know feeds me a lot of information when things hit the NFLPA, and I get the get the true numbers right from the horse's mouth there, uh, if you will. So that's kind of where where my fascination with the cap came from, and you know, I'm that guy now that I I, I have bad days if I'm out. If my numbers don't match, you know, what the NFLPA site uh, says and for, you know, anybody can just look at the, the public salary cap page on the NFLPA website. Uh, there's not much there. It's just a, you know, it's just a set of like four or five numbers there, but you can really, you know, as you learn to do this, you can look at that number, the daily number as far as cap space, and I'm talking more so in, you know, uh, once uh, March 15th rolls around up until the start of the season, and watch it move, and based on, uh, you know, transactions or signings that have happened, you can pretty much figure out what, what cap hits, you know, what a cap hit of a certain player is just by doing that, just by uh, subtracting, adding, you know, subtracting, uh, the old number from the new number and any roster displacement that takes part place uh, like that. But, you know, that that's kind of uh, what you're always trying to do. And the NFLPA uh, website cap page does not stay in real time either. So, you know, you might, you know, I might know a contract uh, details before it actually hits, you know, the NFLPA four days later. But you expect, you know, you'll know when it hits and it should match your numbers. So anyway, that's my fascination uh, with the salary cap uh, there. And once again, you know, I, I learn little things still to this day about some contract uh, construction. Uh not very often, but there are sometimes that you know a few things that will surprise me with the way things set up. The Steelers usually do things certain a certain way. There's not a lot of guessing in it. You know, uh, they don't like to use you know a lot of incentives if they can help it or anything along those lines. So that makes it kind of easier on top of things when when you've got the uh, a long history of the way that they've done uh, deals and 
you know, percentage of signing bonuses and stuff like that. All right, so let's, uh, you know, I don't want to get too terribly long-winded here, and, you know, I do stutter, and I do apologize for that, so hopefully it, it, it makes this a, still a listenable uh, solo podcast here. But uh, the news came out, you know, a few days ago about what the 2023 NFL salary cap number would be league-wide, and that number is $224.8 million. Uh, that did not surprise me. Why? Well, I've had guys like Joel Corey kind of project for several weeks now that the number would come in at right at around 225 million. So man, did he did he he hit that? Uh, I mean, almost on the nose there. I mean, 224.8 uh, million. I mean, that that's right there. So uh, the good news is, is a lot of the assumptions and the numbers that I've been working off of have been based off of a 225 million dollar cap number. So you know, looking at the what the real number is now, uh, it, 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 it's close there. So now that we're working with a 220 $4.8 million league-wide cap number. Uh, the Steelers do have rollover money, uh, leftover salary cap space from 2022 that they will roll over. And that number is going to be 4.427146. So $4.427 million and some change uh, in rollover amount that uh, from you know leftover from the 2022 season and all. So uh, if you add on that rollover amount onto 224.8 million, which is a league-wide cap number, you basically have a Steelers, you know, team cap number that they're working with of 229 million 227,146 uh and basically what that is is the 224.8 million plus the rollover amount gives you that kind of working number that you want to uh, uh, uh you know obviously be under uh come the time March 15th the start of the new league year uh gets underway so that's a little bit of an intro there we've got we have an established uh cap number league wide we know what the roll over amount is going to be for the Steelers uh, from 2022 to 2023. All right, uh, adjustments. Now, a couple of weeks from now, uh, if there were any adjustments such as, I don't know, that they, I think they mostly end up being something like grievance claims, injury grievance claims, or along those lines uh, like that. Uh, those will all of a sudden hit the cap uh and, 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 you know, they, they usually do those league wide. They'll show up on the NFL PA page and all of a sudden you'll get a, uh, you know, either an adduction or, or a subtraction based on, uh, whatever that adjustment is. Uh, it's, it's hard to predict these kind of things. Usually in the case of the Steelers, it's not much of anything. I want to say maybe last year was, there's like an 80,000, dollar adjustment for some sort of injury agreements or something like that I was able to figure out so uh, we don't know if there's going to be any adjustments forthcoming uh, my general research tells me that there's not going to be but that doesn't mean that there that there won't be so we'll have to wait and see if there is whatever that grievance or adjustment number winds up being I don't think it's going to be 
too terribly much, or, you know, it could be a credit too, but uh, either way, I don't think it's going to be that big of a number. And by that big of a number, I'm thinking, you know, a hundred thousand or less either way. So we'll just have to see uh, when those adjustments do hit. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll obviously have a post on staterdepot.com, uh, you know, trying to, to acknowledge that adjustment and what, if I can figure out what the adjustment is for there. So uh, that's something that's coming, you know, in, 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 in the coming weeks here. All right. The big question everybody has right now is where do the Steeders sit cap wise and today? And when I, when, when you, when you use the word today, I like to, I like to think of today as being March 15th. Because March 15th is the day that matters. Uh, everything in relation to March 15th. That's the way I, I map everything out uh, and, and, and do my, you know, my line item stuff is, is how things look on March 15th. Because remember, you know, you've got several guys, several players right now that are signed to what they call reserve future contracts. And technically, those reserve future contracts do not go into effect until March 15th, the start of the new league year. Uh, so we count them now, uh, but you know everything should revolve around the date of March 15th. All projections and everything should revolve around March 15th because that's the start of the new league year. So where, in my projections right now, where do the Steelers sit cap-wise uh, as of me recording this well based on my all of my projections and 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 the contracts are that are in and the reserve future contracts when it comes to the rule of 51 now the rule of 51 let's go over that real quick uh during the off seasons you know beginning on March 15th, the, the NFL works on a rule of 51 up until teams you know the start the week one of the season there uh, uh at that point uh the, the rule of 51 goes away and then it becomes you know every contract that you have uh, essentially at that point uh, that that's on the books uh, impacts the cap uh, during the offseason they have what's called the rule of 51 and what the rule of 51 is it's your top 51 cap hits of the players that you have under contract plus any uh, like incentives or or uh, uh, prorated uh, signing bonus money of any players that 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 fall outside of that rule of 51, uh, your top 51 salaries. So let's say you have your top 51 salaries. Let's say a player uh, his cap number doesn't qualify uh, to be in that uh, that top 51, but yet he has uh, a prorated uh, portion of his signing bonus for 2023 that's $100,000 uh, we'll just use that as an example there well then that 100,000 outside that's outside you know that contract that's outside of the top 51 that also counts in the rule of 51 not not the full cap charge but uh, any prorated uh, uh, bonus money, any likely to be earned earn money, uh, you know, there's a long list of things that 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 you know could qualify for that. In a Steelers case, it's normally just you know whatever that year's prorated uh, 
uh, signing bonus amount is. Uh, as we sit here today, the Steelers in their rule of 51, no players outside of the rule of 51, their top 51 salary cap hits, have any prorated money. Uh, as we sit here today. So that doesn't impact them right now. Now, there will come a time, you know, between now and week one of the regular season when they obviously will have some some players outside of their top 51 uh, uh, cap charges that will have, uh, you know, prorated signing bonus money that, that will count into 51. But that's that's the rule of 51. Why do they call it a rule of 51? Why is it just 51 top 51 players? Man, I have tried to I have tried to research this several times over the years and have come up empty. Nobody knows. I asked Joel Corey not too long uh, ago and and he didn't have any type of answer for it. I think it's basically some sort of a kind of a competitive balance offseason mechanism uh you know for for the start of the new league year because what what's to keep you know teams from loading up on a lot of players uh and if they're all, if they didn't have their 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 top 51 uh count then you know they they can load up players and then just you know wait and you know kind of kind of hoard them if you will so long story or, or long story short i guess you could say is it, it, it's probably was put in there for some sort of competitive balance reason during the off season related to the cap. Uh, and that's the best thing that I can come up with right now at this point. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm on an endless journey of trying to find out why it's 51 and not 53, because obviously uh, rosters at the start of this season are, are 53. But anyway, the rule of 51 also includes any dead money on the books as well, too. Uh, and then, you know, in, and you know that that needs to be taken into account on top of it. So you've got your top 51 salaries, you've got any dead money uh, that 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 you have on the books, and then any anything you know like prorated uh, bonus money outside of the uh, top 51. Uh, in case you're curious, the Steelers right now, and this is projected towards uh, March 15th, uh, they have a debt projected dead money amount. Of a little over eight million, eight oh two eight eight one four. Now that number includes Cameron Sutton dead money at two point one million. Now right now Cameron Sutton at the time of this podcast is is still under contract. However, uh, in a matter of a couple of weeks, the, those void years on his contract are going to void, uh, and when they do, the remaining prorated bonus money from 2023 uh, and and the subsequent years uh, will all become dead money at that point. And remember, once again, we are, we, we project this based on how things are projected to look on March 15th, March 15th, obviously uh, after his uh, contract is, is, is expected to void. So that's why I go ahead and count that 2.1 million uh, as dead money now. Uh, and I, I technically don't have Cameron Sutton under contract uh, for, for 2023. I think if you go to over over the cap, they have that 2.1 million, but they have him as part of their rule of 51 uh, right now uh, until his contract actually voids. Once again, I work everything towards uh, March 15th. So uh, all that said, when you look at uh, the, you know, the, the carryover amount, uh, the, the, 
the 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 project you know obviously the league wide cap number two hundred twenty four point eight million the Steelers rule of fifty one they're dead money uh, another thing that I that I go ahead and project for as well too is the off season in a you know the off season workout NFL placeholder amount now every year uh, around the springtime the NFL charges teams a set amount uh, league wide uh, for is, is it's a placeholder for uh, for workout bonuses uh, for teams that go to you know th- that obviously phase one phase two uh, you know of, of the OTAs and all like that players get paid for that right uh, but that's that that's outside of everything else there so the league you know based on the CBA that total of the placeholder amount this year is eight hundred and forty nine thousand six hundred all right so uh that's going to be deducted from the steeder salary cap here in the near near future i go ahead and deduct that now because once again we're working towards march 15th uh long story short let's see i've explained the rollover amount adjustments uh uh roll of 51 the dead money the work uh the workout bonus placeholder amount uh, that puts the Steelers right now, according to my calculations and, and the new league-wide cap number, at 524852 over the cap right now. So right around half a million dollars over right now uh, based on March 15th projections. And, uh, you know, that that's the reality of it. That's where they're at right now and by now we we're of course talking about march 15th oh and one other thing i did forget to mention and this is in my notes here shame on me uh the proven performance escalator as well too uh over the caps already showing that for the two players and those two players are uh, outside linebacker alex highsmith and guard kevin dotson uh they qualified for the level one proven performance escalator in their uh first uh three seasons there uh it's not a big bump uh, obviously but uh it is the amount of a uh original round restricted tender which right now the projections based on the new set cal- salary cap number i believe is 2.627 million for each of those so those two guys will have their originally scheduled base salaries from the rookie deals jump up to whatever the final number ends up being, I think it's going to come in right at 2.627 million. Uh, and then obviously their pre, you know, their bonus prorations tacked on uh, to that uh, on top of it. But uh, when we're talking about the right now, and once again, right now numbers mean March 15th, uh, both of those guys are already their Their proof of performance escalator bumps are already factored in to my number that has the team at right around once again, 524,852 over the cap. So that should be a good uh, move on point as far as this podcast goes from there. Okay, the next topic that I have on my list to talk about is uh, what's called displacement or roster displacement. We talked about the rule of 51 being the top 51 salary cap uh, hits of uh the players that the team has under contract. Now, let's say you go out in free agency or, you know, this time at all before free agency, maybe there's a street free agent or another futures guy uh, out there uh, that, that the team wants to sign. Uh, you already have 
you know, your your working top 51 that you're that you're working with there. Let's if they if they go out and sign a another player and that salary cap hit of that new player that they signed, if that qualifies to go into the rule of 51, well, obviously a player is going to drop out of that 51 uh, in the process. So uh, that's what you would then qualify as, as what would be what we'd like to term as roster displacement. Let's say you have uh, one guy inside the rule of 51 uh, that has a, a rookie base salary of, of uh, a minimal, you know, his his cap charge is $750,000. And your new player that you sign uh, has a, uh, a uh, let's just make up a number here, a $1 million uh, cap charge. Well, he would, he goes into the rule of 51, the player with the $750,000, uh, uh, dollar cap charge goes out of the rule of 51. All right, you have a displacement there, right? You had one guy counting uh, 750,000 against the cap. You're replacing him with a player with a million dollar uh, uh, salary cap charge. The displacement there uh, at that point is $250,000. That's how much cap space you actually used in your rule of 51 to sign that player and bump that other player out of the rule of 51. So anytime you see, you know, the term roster displacement taking place in, in the rule of 51, you'll know what that references. Okay. So the, the Steelers at that, you know, when we're looking forward to March 15th, based on what we have right now under contract and the proven proven performance escalators, everything accounted for, the Cameron Sutton uh, voiding of his contract and the dead money associated with that, uh, all of the things that are currently expected uh, to go in, you know, to impact and, and go into effect by March 15th, we've accounted for, and that has left us uh, with the team 524,852 over the cap. Well, that's obviously not going to cut it, right? You're going to have to have to clear some cap space along the way here. Uh, so, uh, ways. What are the ways to clear some cap space? Well, you know, the most obvious way would be to to uh, to be to cut some players, right? And free up some cap space that way. Now, you know, we've been talking about really, I think, uh, you know, coming out of the 2022 season, there've been really four really prime candidates to be cut before March 15th uh, or or uh, you know a little bit you know better chance than average to be cut uh, before March 15th uh, that list of players includes the likes of cornerback William Jackson the uh, third inside linebacker miles Jack quarterback Mitchell trubisky and I believe the other one I've been you know uh, uh, working with uh, possibility with would be a, a Keller Witherspoon. Quite honestly, I mean, could you cut some of these lower end, uh, you know, bottom of the roster kind of guys? Technically, yes, you could. But but really, once the once again, the roster displacement takes place in that, it makes more sense to hold those guys than to free up, you know, two hundred thousand dollars in in cap space there. So I really think those those are the four names to watch between. Now on March 15th, uh, William Jackson III obviously leads the list. Uh, he has has a uh, 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 currently scheduled cap charge of 12. 
12.176 million, a little bit more. It's almost uh, half million. You know, one, it's 12.176,471 if we want to be exact. So let's let's call that almost 12.2 million dollars before roster displacement takes place uh, there. So uh, I think all of you listening to this would would agree that there's no way that William Jackson III can stay on this roster on March 15th at that number. Uh, right now. So uh, I fully expect barring him just saying, Hey, I'll take a pay cut down to the minimal salary. Uh, you know, really he's, he's going to be out the door. I really think so that's going to free up, you know, nearly $12.2 million in cap space, which is a lot of cap space for one player before roster displacement takes place there. So uh, that that's going to be a huge cut that I think is forthcoming outside of William Jackson III saying, hey, I'll play for the minimum. Let's let's rip rip this up and 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 I'll take the veteran minimum and, and, and go from there. So right there, boom, you know, uh, ne- nearly $12.2 million in salary cap space that this team can save by merely terminating his contract. Out the door he goes. There's no dead money associated uh, with him uh, whatsoever. And I, I really think you're going to see that take place here in the, in the next several weeks here. Uh, another guy we talked uh, on that list to four miles jack i i gotta be honest with you i you know i i i don't think they're going to cut miles jack at least not by march 15th you know you could maybe get on later into the off season training camp time you know right before week one or something like that and decide that you need to go in another direction but i really from where i sit here right now today in the end of january I think I'll be surprised if Miles Jack is is cut. Now, if he is cut, uh, fine. Uh, you get eight million dollars in cap savings prior to roster displacement taking place. Uh, if you do that, uh, once again, we'll see. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, it's not impossible though, as I like to say. On top of it, uh, another candidate on the list that we roll through, Mitch Trubisky. I was thinking there was a good chance that Mitch Trubisky could be a you know could be could be a casualty here, cap casualty by March fifteenth, up until Art Rooney II talked to the media last week, and it really based on what Art Rooney II had to say, it really it really sounded like Mitch Trubisky's you know at least going to be on this roster past March fifteenth, and that they really are kind of planning on him being the backup quarterback for this team in two thousand and twenty three, uh, like Miles Jack. Uh, if they did cut him, there would be $8 million in salary cap space they could clear in the process prior to roster displacement. But once again, uh, I you know if you if you would have put my hand to the fire two weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, I, I think Mitch will be cut. But since Art Rooney II spoke last week, I think they're going to hold on to him. So uh, that's two of the names that uh, of the four that are on the list that in Miles Jack and Mitch Trubisky that I don't think they're going anywhere, at least not by March 15th here. So we'll, we'll definitely see on that. The last name on the list, Akella Witherspoon, man, you know, spent most of this, the, the 2022 season on the injured reserve list with a hamstring injury. You know, they, they, they signed both him and Levi Wallace to identical deals last off season. It looks like Levi Wallace is a keeper. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it might be a good idea to part ways with Akella Witherspoon. Uh, in doing so, uh, you would free up $4 million in salary cap space for 2023. 
prior, once again, to roster displacement taking place. And, uh, I mean, $4 million, it's not a huge amount of money, but you add that $4 million onto the $12.176 you know, million that you save with uh, William Jackson III, you know, boom, you're, you're, you know, after displacement and everything takes place, you're right around $15 million in cleared salary cap space just on cutting two players in William Jackson III and Akella Witherspoon. Uh, from where I sit right now, once again, end of January, I'll be surprised if Akella Witherspoon isn't cut uh, at, at this point. Now, obviously, they could work around him uh, and that four, you know, that four million dollar base salary and his his cap charge is five point four eight two five million. But uh, why even try to? You know, I, I I think you know prior to March fifteenth would be a good time to part ways uh, with him. So. If, if you want my projections about the players that will be cut, uh, you know, Gunnar Olszewski, I guess, is another one. But, I mean, it's really a $2 million that you save uh, prior to roster displacement. And, and, and the displacement would be about a $750,000 amount. If you subtract that from, from the $2 million, you save, what, uh, you know, uh, $1.25 million, I guess, in, in salary cap space. I mean, you could, you could build a pretty good list of players here at the bottom, you know, uh, from the middle of the roster on that could be cut. But, you know, how many times do we get to this poor portion of the season and the, 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 the salary cap casualties, if you will, are only, you know, three players at the most. So, you know, that's uh, – that, that's where we're at right now on it. I think the two players that you see out the door will be a Keller Witherspoon and William Jackson III. And in the process, and after roster displacement takes place, clearing you know right around $15 million as far as that goes. So that would obviously give the team you know, a little bit of money to, you know, a little bit of cap space to work with uh, at the start of free agency uh, there. Now, this team obviously likes to sign, re sign you know, several of their own unrestricted free agents if they can. Uh, I don't think they're going to go overboard. Cameron Sutton is obviously the biggest name, uh, I think, on the list of the guys that they want to re-sign. That's probably going to be a pretty, you know, not not over-the-top type of deal, but uh, it won't be cheap either, uh, so to speak. I'll have more on that of what, what that contract may or may not look like here in the coming weeks. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I think that clearing the fifth, nearly $15 million in those two players will give their team a little bit of room to go out there and at least start re-signing some of their own unrestricted free agents. And there's quite a few of them that they probably want to get back. You know, we, Cameron Sutton, obviously. You know, Zach Gentry, are they going to want him back on a pretty modest deal? Terrell Edmonds is a guy. Uh, what's going to happen with Larry Ogan, Joby? That one... You know, uh, would they, will they be able to retain him? Uh, but Cameron Sutton, I think, is the biggest one. Uh, DeMonte Casey's another one uh, that uh, I, I really think they would like to try to re-sign on top of it. And they're going to need to, you know, a little bit of cap space to do that. Uh, and I think the cutting of, you know, once again, a Keller Witherspoon and William Jackson III will, will, will easily help them at least get through the portion of re-signing the unrestricted, their own unrestricted free agents that they want to keep. Now, we've cut a couple of players here. You know, if you think they're going to cut more, uh, fine. You know, uh, I, I think it's going to only be about two or three that, that that we just went over and talked about right there. So what else can they do uh, to, uh, to free up salary cap space? 
Ah, the evil, the evil restructures, the thing that everybody hates, the old kicking the can down the road, the old, <laughs> everybody hates, hates it, but uh, it's become pretty much a staple of the Pittsburgh Steelers offseason for, for a long, long time now. And uh, I think you're going to see a couple, uh, at least one, possibly two restructures happen this offseason at some point. Uh, will it be right at the, uh, you know, at the at you know right closer to the start of the new league year on March fifteenth uh, to use some money, some extra money for 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 free agency. It's possible. Might they wait until deeper into the off season once training camp gets under underway? It really could go either way uh, with that this year. It all depends on what their plans are, not only with the signing of their own unrestricted free agents, but what kind of plan they put together as far as signing any outside unrestricted free agents and especially any outside restricted free a unrestricted free agents that that will have a you know be a pretty big you know pretty big decent contract and you know with salary cap charges probably around i don't know five six million or so in 2023 just guesstimating uh, at the top end there so uh the 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 two biggest restructure candidates that this team has uh this offseason are T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, those are the two guys that, quite honestly, uh, between now and the start of the regular season, uh, I think you'll see both those guys get restructured. Now, max restructures on both those guys. Uh, T.J. Watt would clear you 12.6, you know, a little bit more than 12.6 million dollars in salary cap in, in 2023, uh, and Minka Fitzpatrick just a hair over 10 million dollars by doing a full restructure uh, on 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 his deal. Now restructures. The player doesn't lose any money in that. Uh, basically, what they're doing is they're getting paid money up front. You know, a good portion of their uh, uh, of their base salary and any roster bonus that they might be due. Which, in the case of both these two, I don't I don't think they're dealing with that this year. But a good portion of their 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 base salaries that they would be be due in the case of Watt and Fitzpatrick would be turned into a signing bonus and then prorated over the remaining years. Of the deal, and once again, uh, Watt and Fitzpatrick, Watt doing a full restructure on him would save twelve, would clear twelve point six million dollars of two thousand twenty-three salary cap space, and in the case of Minka Fitzpatrick, you're looking at a hair over ten million dollars in two thousand twenty-three uh, salary cap space by doing a full restructure on him. That's twenty-two million dollars, you know, more than. You know, 20, it's about what, 22.6, uh, about 22.67 in, uh, in 2023 salary cap space that they can clear, uh, in doing so. And once again, when will it happen? That's the big question. Well, I, I think the win mostly revolves around how active they're going to be in outside free agency because I think you know by the cutting of the couple of players that we talked about just a little bit ago uh, that will get them through the re-signing of their own unrestricted free agents is just how active do they want to be in, in going outside uh, in, in, in in unrestricted free agency there so I wish I had a better better you know pre- better cr- or crystal ball that will tell me yeah they're going to do what you know 
uh, right ahead of uh, March 15th. I don't know. They could, but it all revolves around their plan. I will say this, though. I think at some point between, once again, now and week one of the season, you will see both T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick have their contracts restructure. Uh, kind of a break glass in case of emergency, if you will. You know, they, they, they could restructure Deontay Johnson's contract as well, too. I don't think they will uh, have to do that, but if they wanted to do that, they could free up 4.71 million in salary cap space in 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 for 2023 and doing so once again i don't think they're going to to have to go that deep there i think watt and fitzpatrick are going to be the two that they do but at least you know have comfort in knowing that if they needed to, they 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 could definitely uh, go that route. So what have we done? You know, kind of uh, uh, fabricated or, or made you know uh, created the scenario here. Uh, Pre March fifteenth, you got the two cuts uh, in in possibly Witherspoon and William Jackson the uh, third. That's you know what, what do we say fifteen million dollars roughly after after roster displacement takes place and cap savings there and another let's just call it a, around twenty two million that they can clear. Uh, via restructures on Watt and Fitzpatrick that I think are going to happen at some point. So 22 plus 15, I mean, that's $37 million in cap space. That sounds like a, that sounds like a lot of cap space, right? I mean, to, to, to not only re-sign your own, but, uh, uh, you know, a few of your own unrestricted free agents, maybe go out there and make a splash or two in outside unrestricted free agents. Well, there, there, there's a catch and that's, that's what we're going to talk about next, uh, kind of moving forward past the March 15th date. Okay, so let's uh, let's move along in my notes here. Uh, what's next? You know, we've we, you got the opportunity to clear all this cap space uh, through through a couple of cuts and a couple of restructures here. And man, it looks like uh, you know what fifteen twenty two you know thirty seven million dollars in cap space. All right. Well, here here's here's some things that that don't happen right away, but have to be accommodated along the way here and and most of them are uh are really relegated to right at the start of the 2023 season uh, a couple however uh well you know you need to be able to afford uh before then let's start first with uh uh with uh, the rookie pool this year and and the draft picks that the team has uh those those you know those those kids obviously aren't signed yet the moment the a moment a player is drafted he automatically uh uh, hit your roster at a minimal uh, minimal salary until he actually does sign his rookie deal uh, with the new CBA a couple years ago. All these are slotted deals and based on the salary cap and over the cap does a great job of projecting at what it, you know, uh, almost to the penny on uh, a lot of times on what these rookie contracts will look like salary bone or signing bonus and all and first year cap charge and all like that. Uh, now, you look at look at these picks the Steelers have, and you know people will say, "Man, that that that's a lot of money they they're going to have to afford uh, overall to be able to accommodate signing all these, you know, especially a first and second round draft pick, you know, those kind of things." There. Well, don't forget we talked a little bit earlier in the show about roster displacement, right? So uh, once once one of those draft picks signs his deal, if he enters the rule of fifty one. Upon signing that deal, well, then a player outside or it currently inside the 51 would drop out. So you have to account for what they call the rookie pool and the offset that comes along uh, with that uh, in, in, in your projections. And 
uh, as of right now, let me see if I can pull it up real quick on, on, on over to cap. I think they are projecting, assuming the Steelers stand, stand pat with, with all seven of their picks right now, they don't move up. They don't move down. They don't, you know, trade away a couple of, but let's say they make their draft picks as planned right now. The total, the projected total cap charges of those seven players is, uh, uh, let's see, nearly $9.625 million. You're thinking, man, $9.625 million. That's, that's a lot of money, a lot of cap space in 2023 for those seven draft picks. All right, well, that's where the roster displacement, you need to factor that in into the equation here. So, uh, you know, once the, all those seven players, assuming they're all, you know they stick with the picks that they have, hit hit you know they sign them, they hit the cap and all like that. There's going to be the roster displacement that takes place theoretically, and as far as projections go on on the things that I do, the real the real offset that they have to af- be able to afford when it comes to that uh, right now is is almost 4.375 million. So we you know we we took a number that looked kind of daunting at 9.625 million, nearly 9.625 million, and because of the offset pro- process of the rookie pool, in reality they have to afford you know almost 4.375 million. Now might those numbers shift here? Between now and the time the actual deal is signed by each one of these players, possibly, but but probably not enough to really get worked up about. I mean, if it if it moves either way, it might be I don't know, you know, eighty thousand dollars that you know over the caps done this for a long time. They've gotten pretty pretty damn good at, at calculating this stuff. So let's call that number right now four point three seven five million that the Steers will need to accommodate in their cap past March 16th, once they sign their draft class. Now, obviously, if they move around, move up, move down, that, 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 that'll that change the numbers a little bit there, depending on what they do. But we have to work under the assumption right now at this point of the offseason that, that they'll stand as is, and we're working off of those projected numbers there. All right, uh, what else uh, is, is coming down the road that they have to plan for? Well, once the rule of 51 ends at, you know, uh, come right before the start of the season where, where teams have to be compliant with their 53 man roster. Well, you're working off of a rule of 51, which is 51 salaries. Well, at that point you're going from 51 to 53. So you got to be able to afford two more players hitting your cap number at that point. Let's assume that both those players are rookies and, uh, they're minimal salary guys at 750,000 each. Well, you've got to be able to accommodate one, you know, assuming that's the case, it's two rookies on minimal salaries, the 51 going to 53, you've got to be able to accommodate another $1.5 million in cap space. So let's add that to, you know, the four point, you know, three, seven, whatever we said the number was for, for, for the offset. Let me pull that back up again here. Uh, real quick, uh, what do we say that number was? Uh, 4.375 million. All right, so uh, 4.375 and another 1.5. I mean, that's uh, that we're up to about almost 5.9 million dollars that we're eating into that 30 something million that 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 we cleared. Uh, once the regular season starts as well, too, the team has to be able to you know practice squad players, 16 man practice squads. Uh, that goes against the cap, folks. 
that goes against the cap. So you better budget for it. You don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to have that space cleared come March 15th, but you've got to be able to afford that number. Uh, those, the, the collective charges come the week one of the season. So you might as well start playing, looking out ahead at how much some of these outlying expenses will, will, you know, hit the cap at some point. Now, kind of a projected practice squad at this point and, and the impact on the cap would be what I have is 4.075 million. It might be a tad higher than that. It might be a tad lower, but just based on doing this a while, that's that, that number of 4.075 is probably going to be pretty close. So you add that to the other two things we talked about, the rookie pull offset of 4.374 million, uh, the uh, end of rule of 51, which is the addition of the 52nd and 53rd player to the roster. And now your, your full practice squad. I mean, we're up to 8.3. We're up to nine point, what eight, almost $10 million uh, that this team has got to project in using cap space for come week one of the season. Not right now, not March 15th, but come you know, by week one of the season, and definitely by the time, you know, the 4.374 million, by the time the the, the the rookie class is all signed to their, you know, first first deals there. What else? Man, I'm, I'm slowly eating in, in, into the money here, aren't I? You better project, uh, you know, for a couple players to start the regular season on injured reserve. Uh, it'll be a miracle if they, if they don't have that happen. It's just, it's kind of a fact of you know, the cost of doing business, if you will. Uh, when those, you know, let's let's say week one rolls around, they got to put a couple of guys on IR. Uh, your 53-man roster, let, let's say it's, let's say three players go on injured reserve uh, during that final roster maneuvering there right before week one. Uh, in essence, your 53-man roster became a 56-man roster, right? Because players on injured reserve, they count whatever their cap charges are, uh, you know, come week one of the season. Now, some of those players might be, uh, you know, undrafted guys or, or something like that. And those guys will have split what they call split salaries, where if they go on IR, they go on IR at a reduced rate other than their full cap charge. Regardless of what, what it is, a good, a good rule of thumb based on, this year's minimal salaries and, and salary tables and all like that, you better count on needing another $3 million in cap space to accommodate whatever happens on IR. Uh, it's just, once again, it's just one of those things that you better account for happening. You don't have to account for it on March 16th. You don't have to worry about it right now, but you have to make sure that you have the cap space down the road to, to, to accommodate such things. So let's go through this again. Uh, that's another 3 million that, 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 that I, that I, you know, basically am spending down the road there. You've got the 4.374 in the rookie pool offset. You got the 1.5 in the, uh, that's got to go to your 52nd and 53rd player on the roster. You got, uh, four, you know, almost 4.1 million for a practice squad. You better be able to accommodate and you better, you better, you know, be on the lookout of maybe spending, and it could be higher than three million. I've seen it. You know, we've we've seen some teams go through some crazy stuff during the preseason and training camp and all. But let's go ahead and budget three million for that. So we're at uh, let's see, seven, uh, eight point five. 
another 4.4. I mean, we're about we're we're, we're encroaching on 12.5 million dollars in in salary cap space. You know that uh, uh, that needs to be planned for down the road. Oh, and then there's one more thing on top of it. There, uh, this team is notorious of liking to have quite a bit of salary cap space. It in the bank, so to speak, free salary cap space to use for in-season roster moves, uh, elevations, all that kind of stuff. And for a long time, people were saying, oh, they'll only need about four or five million dollars for that put aside. The last couple of seasons, we've seen them enter the regular season with right around nine million dollars in available salary cap space. Now. You have to look at that as a potential cost because it's it you're a lot you're allotting for it. You're budgeting to have that much free at the start of the regular season. So it doesn't just magically appear. You've got to budget for that kind of space uh, on on you know uh, come week one of the season. Once again, these are not things that happen right at you know, March 15th, there are things, though, that teams have to plan for come the start of the regular season. So, you know, and I'll be surprised if it's not $9 million again. Could it be lower than that? Absolutely. Could it be higher than that? Absolutely. But, I, you know, I, I've been tracking this quite a while, and I'll be quite surprised if it's not, you know, in the neighborhood of that eight to nine, maybe even $10 million come week one of the regular season. So we've got these five things that we've talked about that, that the team has to account for that are kind of technically real charges, if you will. Uh, 4.375 for the rookie pull offset, 1.5 for the end of rule 51 to accommodate the 52nd and 53rd player, uh, practice squad of a little over 4 million an injured reserve budget of $3 million for the replacement, basically, of that, uh, what it would you know, cost to have those extra three players on your roster, uh, and a in-season injury, what I'd call, I'd label this a uh, practice squad and 53-man in-season injury replacement fund, that's how I label it, of $9 million. Uh, you add all those five forthcoming charges and once again, talk about forthcoming more closer to the to the start of the regular season outside of the rookie pool offset there. That totals up to nearly $22 million, $21.9 million. So how much uh how much salary cap space? You know, let, let's let's go ahead and round that number up and let's call it $22 million uh in total there. And in the salary cap space that we created via cutting William Jackson III, Akella Witherspoon, and restructuring the contracts of T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick. That's 22-6, uh, another 12-34. What do we say? About 38 million in that. So that that 37-38 million, you got to account for that 22 million at some point down the road that we talked about. You know, you're looking at 16 million dollars basically. In, in salary cap space that, you know, depending on how their plan can go against free agency, whether it be re-signing their own or re-signing outside. Now, you can do a lot 
with let, let's call the number 16 million uh, to go towards free agents, their own and outside free agents. The way the way contracts get structured and first year hits, you know, salary cap charges and all like that, and then roster displacement of players once they're signed, hitting the rule of 51. You'd be surprised how far that'll carry you. You 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 really will. Uh, you know, look, you go out and you get a free agent, and he has, you know, let's say your most expensive signing this offseason has a salary cap charge of seven million. Then you back out seven hundred fifty thousand dollars from that because of 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 roster displacement. Well. You know that that's probably going to be your biggest cap charge that you have to come. Let's say you had two of those, uh, uh, you know, during the off season, and let's say each of them moved the cap needle by six million dollars each. So you're up to twelve million. We talked that we had about sixteen million to play with. That other four million, believe it or not, you can do a lot with with the way the Steelers approach free agency and first year cap hits and roster displacement goes you know, with that. So I hope I I hope I proper you know I hope I kind of explained that to you and broke it down with the forthcoming charges because you know I, every time I do one of my salary cap updates. You know, I have what they are real time, and then I have the projected future salary cap expenses, and it drives people crazy because they don't, they look at it, they don't understand how I'm working with the number, and hopefully I've explained what those forthcoming future salary cap expenses are, when to expect them to happen, and those kind of things. So, you know, it, it, I guess what I'm getting at here is where we sit right now. And looking ahead at these projections, uh, and assuming you get a couple of restructures done on Watt and Fitzpatrick, and assuming you you cut players like Akella Witherspoon and uh, and William Jackson the third, you know we'll obviously see what happens with Miles Jack and Mitch Trubisky. I mean, once again, eight million dollars each <laughs> if you if you want to cut those guys. I know a lot of you are screaming, you know, cut them, cut them, cut them, but. I, I got a feeling they're going to be, you know, hanging around there. Uh, oh, and once again, too, here, here's something else to consider. You know, are, are you going to sign Alex Highsmith to a contract extension during the offseason? You know, that's that's a big question right now. And I think they might try to, and I think they will. But until it's done, it's not done. Uh, and obviously, uh, in doing so, his cap number—if if they got a you know a deal done, let's say around I don't know 15 with an average yearly value of somewhere between 15 and a half to let's say 17 million dollars a year—you know that's that's going to present a pretty decent 2023 cap charge number for him. And then you know you obviously can displace his 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 you know previously projected cap number, which right now is 2.835 million. But, uh, you know, you're probably looking at spending, you know, guesstimate about another $5 million, $4 or $5 million in, in additional salary cap space if you sign him to a contract extension uh, this offseason as well, too. I really, you look at this roster overall, there's not, it, it you know, it as far as spending more salary cap space goes, it doesn't look like anybody else on the roster, if they do sign him, to to uh, to an extension, a it wouldn't probably be a lucrative one, and b probably wouldn't impact the cap too terribly much uh, overall there. But I I think Alex Highsmith is, is, is the name to watch overall here. Uh, you know, obviously you're going to have some 
some tendering of some restricted free agents that we haven't talked about that's going to happen before uh, March 15th as well, too. Uh, any of those guys that you, you tender once the ro uh, roster displacement takes place in the Rule of 51, it's not like you're going to use a lot of a lot of salary cap space up. Some, I mean, you, you, but I, I don't think you're going to see this team, A, tender uh, quite a few of their restricted free agents this year. Uh, overall, I think you might see guys like what James Pierre. I think's one that 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 you know they might uh, restricted tender overall there. But I don't think you're going to see too much movement in that. But uh, to kind of recap here, I I you know from where I sit and and doing this as long as I've done it, knowing kind of the Steelers history of this, don't expect this team to go hog wild wild in 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 outside free agent shopping. Uh, in fact, it might not even be as busy as it was a year ago. You know, you had the whole Miles Jack thing. You had the, what, the Mitch Trubisky thing. You had the Witherspoon uh, New Deal. You had uh, Levi Wallace was an outside guy. Mason Cole was an outside guy that they brought in. Uh, they re obviously re-signed a few of the old, uh, Gunnar Olszewski was one that they brought in from the outside. Uh, they obviously signed... Uh, Deontay Johnson and Chiquama Corfor to uh, to new deals last offseason and all. Uh, but as far as outside unrestricted free agency goes this year, once again, I, I you know I think they're going to be the plan is probably going to mostly revolve around re-signing their own and then maybe one or two more modest type middle price kind of unrestricted free agents outside and then probably another two or three of the kind of the lower value uh unrestricted free agents as far as that goes there so you know that's that's basically a recap of of how i do my numbers and, and how i do my projections and kind of everything involved in that and i think right now what are we sitting at time wise for this Man, single man podcast right at one hour there. So uh, I think that's probably a good time to shut this one off. If you got any, you know, obviously, you know, I, I try to explain this as thoroughly as possible, but you might have a lot of questions about this still. You know, shoot me an email, the terrible podcast at gmail.com, and, you know, maybe we'll address it in a future show uh, moving forward here. But, I, you know, I thought that, you know, being able as I what, and I will have Joel Corey on in the coming weeks, and we'll talk about what a what a new contract for Cameron Sutton might look like. We'll, we'll talk about what an extension for Alex Highsmith might look like and, you know, kind of other some other cap-related things as well, too. Obviously, it won't be an hour interview or anything like that, but uh, we will have him uh, on at some point during this offseason, maybe more than once. We'll see. But uh, in the meantime, once again, if you have any questions about what I talked about today and assuming you made it this far an hour to listen to me kind of stutter through this. And I appreciate your patience on that here. Uh, I, you know, I think that technically outside of the terrible takes this is the first time I've kind of attempted a solo only episode of the terrible podcast. And I've done this a long, long time. I don't like doing them unless I have, you know, I don't like, I just don't like doing them. I, I think uh, it makes for a better show quite honestly, with, with the less of me as you can get. But uh, uh, the salary cap is on a lot of people's minds at this time of the offseason. I get a lot of questions about it, I get Twitter comments and all like that. And I, and, I, and, I, and I hope that this hour has peeled back the curtain to some degree and 
you know, hopefully you learn something uh, overall because it, it took me a long, long time to learn a lot of this stuff here. So, you know, once again, if you got questions about my numbers or want me to further explain something, you know, that I explained in this show, or if you think I forgot something, you know, feel free to email me, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. We'll see what we can, what I can cook up together for Friday. Alex and, and the gang are still out of town. I don't know. Maybe we'll have, maybe the people from the Shrine Bowl be back settled. Maybe we can do some sort of a round table uh, with them and talk about draft prospects. We'll figure something out uh, by Friday. Uh, but until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. You can follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and uh, want to donate to the cause, steedersdepot.com, hit the donate button up right in the navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, uh, please hit uh, steedersdepot.com, hit the ad free button up right in the navigational bar as well. And I appreciate your time, and especially if you decided to listen uh, this far into the podcast. As always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.